Hi, I'm Paul Ford. I'm Rich Ciotti. And you're listening to the Aboard podcast. Aboard is a software product that we launched and then unlaunched. And now we're going to take you on a journey from unlaunched to launching again. We're going to fix the internet, Paul, and we're going to let everyone watch us do it. God, I hope we do. Or, well, let's not even worry about or. What are we talking about today? Let's talk about Wikipedia. We said we were going to, then we talked about failure. Yawn. All right. All right, let's do it. All right, Paul. So we're letting people into the journey of building a board, the startup that you and I founded. And we promised everyone, uh, you know, the the rare glimpse into the ups and downs and lefts and rights and of just trying to start something out of thin air. And we're going to do that. We've been doing that, actually. We've been pretty transparent so far. But there are there's a source of inspiration. There are multiple sources of inspiration for what we're doing. And one of them is it's so freaking exciting is Wikipedia. So exciting. I'm not going to say much. I have my own views about Wikipedia and that donations I don't even want to call it a banner. It's not a banner. It just shoves my whole computer down into my Just let me pause. Let me say it again. Uh, I have thoughts about Wikipedia, mostly positive. The donation page is something else, but we don't have to get into it. You know, there, there's, there was a lot of internal drama about that donation page recently. Let's come back to that. Okay. What is Wikipedia to you? Wikipedia is a lot of things. So why are we talking about Wikipedia? We should get people, bring people into our, our, our lovemaking. Uh, the, right, let me do that without laughing. Pause. What is Wikipedia? Let's bring people into our lovemaking here, Rich, and show them what's what's going on. So first of all, we are building a platform that makes use of the web, right? And it's, I don't think we're giving away too much to say that. It, it, it no. brings the web in and tries to bring data in off the web to make it more accessible for yes. lots of people. Yes. When you talk about data on the web, you talk about a whole lot of different things. You could talk about Amazon's product catalog, or you could talk about uh, Google spreadsheets. I mean, everything is everything. data. And then, and, and those things are very specific. You make a Google spreadsheet, or Amazon owns its product database, and people update it. Yes. Wikipedia is something else, which is that it's a collective set of encyclopedia pages, but it's also the world's biggest, weirdest database. Hmm. So most people see Wikipedia as a collection of articles that, frankly, are revered on the Internet. They are trusted. Wikipedia is the reason for the Internet, right? Like It's one of those sites where you go, okay, well, this is what we were hoping for. You know, the collective consciousness of humankind came together and created a resource that's so valuable that yeah. it's in, in, in every language. Right. And, but you're saying something interesting here. Uh, when I think of Wikipedia, and I think most people think of Wikipedia, they see just written words, articles, articles about things. Links, pictures, and so on and so forth. Even it's, it's, it's not very visual. They, they throw in some stuff here and there, but it's mostly words and tables like episode guides for TV shows. So when you say it's a database, what do you mean by that? Well, this was always the dream of the web, right? The dream of the web was that you would publish pages. And the web is a place where people go and they publish out of 
databases, like Amazon is a database that happens to have a web interface. Yes. The web makes it very accessible. Wikipedia, like when you look at, so first of all, there's every one of those entries needs a place in the database for the text to go and find the pictures. Okay. But then you start to say, hey, wait a minute, this is a country. What's the population of this country? And what's, uh, what's the flag of this country? What's the national anthem? Well, now you have to say that about every country. Mm-hmm. And so Wikipedia, not alone in the world, but at a certain scale, started to say, well, okay, we're going to put that stuff on the right of the page. Those are, you know, those are going to be the info boxes. The, yep. That, that right section next to the, all the written words is usually sort of data fields that have been filled out. Population, capital, current president, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the way my brain is wearing and what I love is that, okay, now that you've got that for all the countries and or all the cities or all the soccer players. Yes. You have all this data. Well, what if instead of it just being on encyclopedia pages, you actually pulled it into a database? Now I can say, show me all the countries by population that have flags with the color red in them. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. did the countries with red in their flags have more people? Which countries speak Portuguese? Exactly. So that's, now, again, the specific kind of brain here, not everybody is like, oh, my God, the greatest thing ever. For me, this is the greatest thing ever. Now, okay, so we've got these info boxes. People start extracting that data, and they start reusing it because it's one of the highest quality data sources you can get. And you used to have to go to places with names like LexisNexis and Westlaw. and, and Wolfram Tumblr. Alpha. Yeah, all these different data sources are online. And Wikipedia starts actually showing itself as a, Data source. The same is also true of OpenStreetMap, which is looks like an alternative to Google Maps. But when you dig into it, you can say to OpenStreetMap, show me every fast food restaurant in the world. Wow. So let me Shame. push back, Paul. Uh, I don't care. Fair enough, Rich. Most like, people don't. That's the story can... of my life is people <laughs> look at me in the eyes and say, well, I mean, you're a nerd and you love data. Absolutely. You like, you like poking around with it. But I think Wikipedia, frankly is probably one of the few positive places on the internet. I think we're doing fine. The info boxes work. What what can we do beyond that? Like, so what? <laughs> this is a totally fair point, right? But for someone like me, okay, I go, I can go to Wikidata, which is the data version of Wikipedia. And it's a world of semantic web technologies, and it is not necessarily newcomer friendly okay so it's it's very abstract and this um, is the same organization that that powers wikipedia they have a lot of sub projects it's a big org okay and one of the one of the sub projects is is wikidata wikidata lets you um, create databases of information and add directly to the database and then those databases power tools inside of wikipedia like the info boxes or they episode guides that's or, right they they allow people to uh, it, it's sort of a bridge between the data world and the wiki editing world all the presidents of brazil throughout correct. history is a table correct so you can query that and you can do all sorts of things with it if you're the sort of person who's like what well then okay but if you're the sort of person who like me says things like I wonder what all the what the most common job is for the children of U.S. presidents. Mm. Suddenly, with that data set, you can ask you can that query question. in interesting ways. You and can do it, all, and it is 
hard. I, I almost don't like talking about it because it's a pretty abstract stack of technologies. There's a query. It's like, hard when when you say it's hard. It's 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 not something you could just walk up to and just put search in the box. I wish it was. No, they they yeah. have tried. Everybody has made valiant attempts. Yeah. Um, but the best interface for a lot of this stuff is text. Is just the tables that get produced, yeah. right? Like right. it's. But you know, if you're, what I love about it, what is genuinely exciting to me, and still exciting about the web, is that when you put worlds together, things happen. And I actually think it's very relevant for stuff related to climate change and sort of structural mm -hmm. ex explorations of the world. Mm. You know, because I I don't know, like what is the languages with the fewest speakers, things like that. Mm -hmm. These are very hard questions to get answered in, in times of yore. Google seems to try to do that. Google has, us. yes, Google has its own, I think they call it the knowledge engine, uh, something like that. Or which knowledge is what, graph, I think, yeah, or something, when whatever. You, when you query Google for like best horror movies, it will have 10 in a little grid up top. Yeah. So I think there's a few It's very data-like. It is. It's a data engine. They've been working on this for years and years. What yeah. what I think you've got with Google is also the fact that everyone at this point, Google has to assume that every web page is essentially a bad actor. For real, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, they can trust that the New York Times is going to continue to publish, you know, news articles that are reported by professional journalists, or that yeah. an article in Wirecutter is about the thing that yeah. it says it's about. But for the most part, Google has to treat the entire web as someone who is trying to game Google to get better results. It is. It is, right? It's so humanity. It's, it's it's a very, we talked about this on another podcast, but it's a very toxic place because everybody keeps saying Google's getting worse. I doubt Google's getting worse. I imagine it's really good at search. Yeah. And it, yes, it's jamming more ads in. But when yeah. I, as I scroll down yeah. and I, I see the content, I see the search results, they're not that good. Yeah. And I think it's because, like, at a certain point, everyone just... Everyone's trying to game Google. Well, there's also an element of, like, the web is so big now, right? And so, like, there's no... The, the content's not that great because there's no motivation to put yeah. up your own website. Yeah. So you have giant news organizations, Wikipedia, um, you know... Wikidata, Wiki which colors so much. When you ask Google a question, like, which chemicals are safe to ingest or... If you type in uh, some symptoms because you're trying to figure out an right. ailment, it brings up structured data. So my assumption is that most of that's coming from Google. I know that they do pay uh, the Wikipedia Foundation for access to a custom API. There's like they, an they better. Yeah, no, no. They I also mean, should support it, right? I mean, the wiki Wikipedia. I mean, you just said the web's a toxic place, but Wikipedia and Wikidata and and, and these kinds of initiatives. Um, have done an incredible job of um, carving out trusted, safe information for us. Right? This is a subject you and I do not have an answer to this question. I would love to pursue this in a future podcast, which is why is it so hard for large organizations to care for the infrastructure they rely upon? Like, it's hard for Google to support open source projects. They just don't do a lot of it. But the, of course, if you ask them, they'll say, of course we do. We, we give yeah. lots of code. So, yeah. But a good example, Wikidata is a great example. Wikipedia is a great example. Until it didn't have a really easy structured way for giant orgs to give it, give it money until it provided a service. Yeah. Because those orgs aren't set up. Like 
Google is not in the business of giving charitable donations to yeah. its data providers. Anyway, regardless, that's a different conversation. Let me answer it in a in a very brief way. Okay. Which is there is a tension between uh, greater good outcomes and uh, commercial sla- uh, parentheses selfish motivations. Uh, it's Google has an obligation to its owners. Which sure. It's a publicly the, the traded classic. company. It's a classic tension there, yeah. right? And and what you end up with eventually is is um, this long meandering road towards standards that can uh, lift all boats, like Wi-Fi. Nobody wants a new Wi-Fi standard. Matter is is this new home automation standard that it's taking hold that everyone's agreed on, Apple, Google, and others. And that took 10 years sure. for everybody to even come to the table. And the only reason they came to the table is if we can get on the same page here, we can open up billions in value. That's the only reason they all came back to the table. No one, uh, it takes a lot for people to line up, to align, especially commercial interests to align. Paul, I want to pose a question to you. All right. Thank you for letting me talk about Wikipedia on this podcast. It was very therapeutic for me. It's relevant for us because it's inspiration. It's motivation. It's actually driving a lot of our product thinking as we think about a board. So it's going to come together. Hang in there, everybody. But I have a question oh, for I, you. I do. I definitely give them money every month, but I still get the big ad. There's no. There's no escape. It's devastating. Yeah. that ad. So I have a question for you. Sure. There are so few good, decent, reputable places on the internet. There's Wikipedia, which we just talked about. Okay. There's the Mayo Clinic. That's we have a rule in my family that you're if you have ailments, you're only allowed to look at the Mayo Clinic website. I'm gonna uh, on another note, on another podcast remind me to tell you the story of how my cousin thought he had what was essentially a World War One soldier's ailment because he'd sat on the internet for so long That's, looking for why his shoulder hurt. Get off those forums. Get off those. Get off. The, get off the internet. Yeah. Um, the Mayo Clinic. Wikipedia, I guess maybe ESPN sometimes. Okay. okay. Why is that? Why are there so few high quality, reputable places to go on the internet? Well, let me put it this way: all of those are funded, right? All of those have money and resources, so that's one big thing. There, there, they actually there's a structure. There's money for the structure. But I'll give you the second big thing, which is that I've thought about this for a while. And a lot of times what people say is like, we just need better moderation and you need like better community tools and so on. I think you need a goal. I think the idea of getting everyone together just to talk is a disaster. But with Wikipedia, the goal is let's make a better and more accurate encyclopedia page. With the Mayo Clinic, it's let's give people a clear guided health advice that allows them to make decisions about when to pursue care following Western medical tradition, right? Like, I feel that if people have a goal, then community follows organically. You still need to moderate. You still, everybody still fights in the forums. So you can't win on that. But without the goal, and Twitter is a good example, if the goal is purely communication, yeah, we get into trouble. That's not good for our species. We're not wired that way. We need to go chop down a tree or draw a picture or be, you know, a good community that's pretty healthy, deviant art. Mm. Still going decade Still after decade. They just and, and, digital art. 
is forums it, is it people galleries. who are making their furry avatars sure yeah but because they're focused on the art because yeah. they're focused on making yeah. the thing yeah yeah that yep, community yep. is is really active you know one of the most toxic communities yeah. I, I don't even have to tell you what's the most toxic thing online politics gaming gaming it's even worse than politics yeah you're right because there's no goal. You don't make anything. Yeah. You just play and get angrier. And keep score. You keep score of your social status. You keep score of your own standing in that community, which is, I think, where things go south real fast. Here's where I would argue, and I don't think that people will love this, but I, I think it's real, which is that even if what you're making isn't particularly meaningful or valuable, the actual act of making it is the healthy, healthiest thing for humans in a community. I totally agree. And like, like, I'll tell you, I'm getting into music a lot lately. I'm loving it. I have a synthesizer. I mess around with it. I play with, with production. I don't believe I will ever release any music. I don't want to be a musician. I don't have talent. Yeah. Yeah. But I love learning it. And that, the act of making it is so satisfying. Um, okay, fine and good, Paul, but that's your headphones on alone. I'm talking about the internet, which is this like the global town square, blah, blah, blah. Like what, like what, how do you turn that into something positive? Are there communities where people share information and, and help others into the synth world? Oh, there's tons. There's lots. Yeah. And there's communities for people who make vinyl albums. There's community for people who are into making their own clothes. You're touching on something interesting here. Those communities are not toxic. No, they have plenty of toxic traits. They melt down. Humans, some humans are toxic. There's always a, there's going to be a certain baseline level, but let's face it. It's not the most brutal place to hang out. The, the, the vinyl, uh, record community is not, is a welcoming place is my guess. You want to know what doesn't matter as much in the vinyl community? Yeah. That someone shares the exact same belief system that you do. Right. Because the, right. The, the, you're there for the vinyl. You're there for the, the video game making. You're there for the, because you want to be a cobbler. Communities that are excited about seeing their communities grow is a good signal. Yeah. They want to welcome you in. Hey, you don't know anything about this. Let me, for, let me point you to here. This is a great primer. And then come back and tell us what you're thinking. You know, that is true. A, a wonderful indicator of a community's health is its onboarding. Uh, oh, it's the whole thing. It's Check the out the thing. FAQ. Great question. You know, there's the room for newbies. Yeah. There's that. You see that on the discords yep. that are pretty effective where it's like Absolutely. newcomer, come over here. Cause this is where, and then you have the people who are happy to be caretakers for the newcomers. That's right. And then the bleakest ones are the ones with the huge learning curve and they die. I've seen yeah. so many of them die. Of course. Of course. This podcast started about Wikipedia, but it's really about people and communities and relationships and how, I mean, that, and, and I'm going to get nostalgic for a second and date myself. That was the promise of the internet early days. Well, it was small. So you saw a lot of it. You saw a lot of it. Yeah. And the people who were there yeah. who showed up had interests like ours. You yes. were into like 3D graphics cards. Where are you going to go? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was not. It was a small neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Um, Paul, we're going to keep sharing sources of inspiration. There are others. We were also going to share sources of frustration and anger. Uh, as we go on this journey with the Abort podcast. Uh, next time, uh, I'd love for us to talk about domain names. Can't wait. Have a lovely week. Bye. Uh, actually,